0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Our reading is from the 51st Psalm, beginning now at the fifth verse. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in faithfulness, in what lies hidden. And you stuff us with wisdom until we shut up. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. You will let me hear joy and gladness and so let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a certain spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. I am grateful for the invitation and I would like to spend more time uh, giving thanks for my fellowship with you and uh, appreciating your uh, presence here but uh, since I only got through verse 1 of Psalm 51 last time I've got to get right to it so grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen now I snuck in the fourth Verse, because I couldn't skip that last time, and I had to say it fast, but that's all right. The gospel is a short word, and I slipped it in for you before I left you last time, and I want to start with it again. Here in the fourth chapter, now David says, "Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight." so that you might be justified in your words, and blameless when we judge you. This gospel now is simple. Our Christ says, I forgive you. Can it be that simple? Is that it? The gospel is that simple. But I know you just as I know myself and I know what a sinner is. The first thing you want to say is, But preacher, I'm complex. It's got to be more complex than that. And this particular promise is only a word. How can he accomplish so much through it? And it is only three little words. I forgive you. How could such a thing be done? Since he has demanded repentance... But here David is teaching us that repentance does not come from our sincerity. It does not come from our sacrifices. Here at the end of Psalm 51 he says, If you needed a sacrifice from me, I would give it, but you do not. And therefore I simply wait to receive what you have to give me. And I ended quickly last time on that fourth uh, verse in Psalm 51 for a reason. The Apostle Paul, who is no slouch when it comes to knowing the Bible, considered this to be the most important word of all Scripture. Second, perhaps only to Joel chapter 2, with that wonderful promise, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul repeats that in the 10th chapter when he's talking about what it means to be a preacher whose lips are actually opened, and out of the mouth of the preacher comes the word, I forgive you, which is not his word, not my word, but Christ's word. And when Christ gives this to you, he repents you. You cannot repent yourself. The word accomplishes it, and it does it simply by the speaking of it. And uh, when, when Paul takes up this particular verse of Psalm 51, the fourth verse, he puts it in the third chapter of his letter to the Romans, also the fourth verse. And there Paul says, you better go back to this particular verse, because then you will understand how a little word like, I forgive you, will be your redemption. How this will accomplish what it is that Christ has come to give. Since the law always wants to separate, the law demands segregation. It demands the holy and the unholy to be separated. But what does Christ do? Christ comes in unlike the law and he joins together what is supposed to be separated. He unites what should otherwise be kept apart, the unholy and the holy. Since Christ himself is holy, he nevertheless does not uh, uh, stay from you. He does not remove himself from you, but he bestows and gives himself to you in an alien righteousness in the form of the blotting out of your transgressions. That is the I forgive you. And this little word is so simple, but the world doesn't want it. Is it because it is too simple? It leaves nothing for you to do? It seems as if there should have been more preparation on your part, that if God demands repentance, then somehow you should be able to produce it, He knows, God knows you need repentance, but he knows you cannot do it. And so he comes down with his Christ and he turns you around so that you can not only see, but now especially hear. And so Paul says, what if some people have been unfaithful? What if you have been faithful? What if all Israel has been unfaithful? This is Romans chapter 3. God is faithful, and this is what justifies. He says, God wants to be justified in his word. That's where he wants it to happen. That's where justice is going to occur. And that's where segregation is going to end, because it ends in Christ's union and nowhere else. And in that place now, this word that Paul now points out is this, you justify god in his word and this last phrase in verse 4 so that you might be justified in your words and blameless here you have to follow not the hebrew but you have to follow the greek translation in the septuagint Because in the Hebrew, you don't always know precisely whether these verbs are referring to the past or the future, or whether they're referring to something you're to do or something we are to do, passive or active. But the Greek Septuagint knew exactly what this was. And Paul quoted it in Romans chapter 3 in the Greek, not in the Hebrew. And he knew them both very well. And so he went back to the Greek and there in the Greek it was put in the passive so that God wants you to judge him and find him blameless. How do you like that? (laughs) All of your life you are thinking that you're preparing to stand before the eternal throne of God and then make an argument, a case for yourself before God. Well, good luck. There you're going to stand before the Lord and try to explain whatever you've done or left undone. Let me give you some advice. Just zip it. Shut your mouth at that point. Point at Christ with your long bony finger and say, go talk to him. And there you will recite this particular verse when you will say, Remember that word that you gave me. And in that word, you wanted to be found blameless. Even though it was not the law and I did not fulfill it. And I was not just in myself. Nevertheless, you made me just. You promised it. And though I did not deserve it, Though I did not work for it, though I did not make a sacrifice, though I did not do the repenting, you turned me around, I listened to the word you gave me, and now I find you, O Lord, blameless for what you said. (laughs) I know many of you have been watching a television show called Blameless. (laughs) It's time for you to understand what blameless really means. That is not going to help you at all understand what it means to be blameless what it means to be blameless is to turn to God and say all right if you want it this way and you want me to be righteous simply because you tell me I'm righteous just because you have made me righteous with your righteousness then I find you blameless I am not going to argue against this I'm not going to claim a case or say that it isn't right or the law wasn't fulfilled. And in that way now, David takes us through step by step how it is that you find God blameless in this word. So now finally to the fifth verse. <laughs> Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul Now David understands what sin is. And he understands that the sin was there from the beginning. I was nursed by my mother as a sinner. It's not because my mother sinned, but when I was born, I was born like every other man born ever since Adam and Eve. And that is, I was born without ears to hear my Lord. I was deaf to the words of my Lord. I did not know what these words were. I did not know them because I never got a preacher you never sent the preacher to me at my birth that came later and so from my birth I now know what my sin is I couldn't hear you because you didn't preach a word to me and from my birth I was in this situation I couldn't find a way out I couldn't speak myself into righteousness I couldn't preach to myself I couldn't give myself promises I needed to sit there and wait until you, O Lord, found the time and decided this is the moment and this is the preacher who is going to open his mouth. O Lord, open thou my lips and let my mouth show forth your praise. And at that point, now, you gave me the word that turned me around, that repented me, and I find you blameless in it. Everything else now is sin. I did not have faith until you gave it to me. And that's what it means to be iniquity ever since birth. Behold, verse 6, you delight. Now I have to work with you on the Hebrew again. It is not you delight in truth, as in most of your translations. That word is emet. Now, I wish if any of you would think of this uh, and remember this particular sermon. When you give birth to your next boy, would you please call him Emmet? That name somehow disappeared with the Civil War. I want you to bring this back. And that name, Emmet, comes from the Hebrew, and it means faithfulness. And now what David turns around uh, and says is this. I find you blameless in this word and I'm going to ask for one thing from you O Lord that is that you remain faithful to the promise even when I am not faithful to you or to it and Paul keeps repeating this uh, that he learned from David what if you have been unfaithful God is faithful, and when he makes a promise he keeps the promise and therefore you will find him blameless now David continues you teach me wisdom that's the way most of you have this translation you heard me now change the translation I'm taking it right from the Hebrew it actually says verse 6 you stuff me with wisdom Right through the ear. You stuff my ear with wisdom. You preach it into my ear over and over again. And when you stuff my ear with wisdom, it is not in my secret self. It is you stuff my ear with wisdom until I shut my mouth. And that's what God is after. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is to finally shut you up. God is tired of listening to all of your explanations and all of your attempts now to provide repentance. He doesn't need to hear all of that sort of thing. Every January you decide in the new year I'm going to dedicate a new thing in my life. And many of you beginning in Lent say I'm now going to give this up or that up and I'm going to do this and that. Now God says, I don't want to hear this coming out of your mouth anymore. And he stuffs the ear so full that he finally shuts the mouth. And when he does now, he purges with hyssop. He cleanses. And you have to give me a chance to say this, verse 7, And I shall clean you whiter than snow. This is one of the reasons I have been brought here from South Dakota. You do not know snow like I know snow. You do not know whiteness like I know whiteness. You don't know how clean he's actually going to make you since this word actually accomplishes what it says. You are going to sparkle uh, with whiteness, not on account of your own work. This is why the main word in that verse is you, O Lord. You, you, you. You are the one who is going to uh, now sprinkle me and make me whiter than snow and there finally David says let me hear joy and gladness keep it coming let me hear this word again and when I hear it the bones that you broke that brought me so low you will heal Now, there's much more to say about Psalm 51, but you have work to do. I now give you this blessing. This word from God is a promise. He is opening my lips so that my mouth will pour out this particular word. And I want you to take this word and find the Lord blameless in it. Jesus Christ has come for one reason and one reason only, to take your sin, to turn you around, to repent you, and to tell you, I forgive you all your sin."